This podcast is sponsored by UL Firefighter Safety Research Institute. In today's modern fire environment, people have three minutes or less to escape a house fire. Fire is getting faster. But smoke alarms are getting smarter. For more information on smoke alarm technology advancements and resources to share with the public, visit smokealarms.ul.org. are a firefighter and an EMS professional. You are a part of a worldwide brotherhood of dedicated servants and you put your life on the line every day for others. Because of that, you deserve better. We are often our own worst enemies and it's time to own it. Let's work to improve and change the status quo. That change starts with us, right here, right now. In every situation we're faced with, as we see a need, we own it and we act. Be the ideal firefighter you would want on your crew. Be ignited. Hey everyone, my name is Ryan Rodriguez and I'm the founder of Ignited and your host for the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. The Ignited Movement is a brotherhood of firefighters who challenge the status quo through a forum dedicated to self-improvement and accountability. In each of these episodes, we discuss a myriad of different things challenging the fire service today, from leadership and tactics to how to improve ourselves physically as well as mentally. We aim to civilize the mind but make savage the body. And even though the focus is on the fire service, topics and principles we discuss can be applied by professionals everywhere. That being said, let's light the spark. Today we're talking about something near and dear to my heart, firefighter functional fitness. In this episode, I have a great conversation with Dan Kerrigan and Jim Moss, the authors of Firefighter Functional Fitness, incidentally enough, basically the fitness Bible for firefighters. If these guys aren't on your radar yet, they will be after this. Their practical approach to functional fitness as it specifically relates to the fire service is what they're best known for. There are some bold but much needed claims that they make in their book and oftentimes on their social media. Things like, the extent to which a firefighter develops their cardiovascular capacity will ultimately determine whether they are an asset or a liability on the fire ground. These are hard truths that we sometimes choose to ignore, and in doing so, we shirk accountability. You'll hear me ask them about the four pillars of firefighter functional fitness and how accountability plays a huge role in it. You'll also hear me talk to them about how being mindful in your physical training also relates to building your character and leadership skills as well. Without any further delay, here is my conversation with Dan Kerrigan and Jim Moss. Jim and Dan, Jim Moss and Dan Kerrigan, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I appreciate you guys taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you guys got a lot going on, so I'm really grateful that you guys are willing to come on the show. Well, thanks so much. Uh, you know, we love uh, getting to be able to spread our, our message to anyone who will listen. And we thank you so much for the opportunity to, uh, to be here and, and share that message. Yeah, appreciate it. I'm excited as always. And uh, anytime we get a chance to, to contact more firefighters and emergency services personnel, we'll take it. Agreed. Agreed. Well, thank you. First of all, like I said, I'm, I'm real humbled and, and thankful for you both being here. Um, I'd like to dive right in and talk about your guys' passion project, Firefighter Functional Fitness. And I'd originally purchased a copy of your book back in 2017 when I originally found it Ignited. And I did so as a way to gain some insight as to how I could and should be operating personally when it comes to being a firefighter, but also as a peer fitness trainer. So I was selected to um, go through the uh, American College of Sports Medicine and earn my certified personal trainer and, and help those on my crew and on my organization with trying to up their fitness levels. And, and your books become kind of the, the Bible of anyone in the firefighter community who's looking for some direction when it comes to being fit for duty. So I wanted to ask you um, both, what was, that, what was it that, that lit the fire in making this project come to fruition? And Dan, we'll start with you. Um, honestly, you know, we tell this funny story and I'll, I'll try to keep that part brief, but we, 
Jim and I actually met on, on Twitter. Um, and, and both of us were several, you know, a few years back or whatever, we were both out there sort of in our own channels or lanes, putting out the message of firefighter health and wellness, uh, to the people that were, we we were connected with. And, uh, um, I had been involved, excuse me, on a couple of different angles, uh, with my own fire department and some things that we had challenges with some research that I had done. Uh, and so forth. And so the more I learned about it, the more passionate, obviously, I became about it, uh, along with some personal experiences. And then Jim, you know, I can let him speak for himself on that. But we really connected on on social media and saw that we were sharing the same message and passion. And I guess one day we connected with each other and kind of tossed around the idea of uh, writing an article or two on the topic and uh we did and we were blessed to be published by fireengineering.com and uh long story short the article that we wrote uh, at the time really gained a lot of traction and we noticed that and decided to take it from there the next step was we were going to write a multi-part series on essentially what became the big eight of firefighter functional fitness and Half jokingly, we said, you know, we should just write a book. There's really nothing out there on this to help firefighters. Um, you know, uh, everybody's out there trying to do different things. I think that's passionate about it, and a lot of firefighters just don't know what to do. So we kidded around about it for a while. Then it became serious, and next thing you know, we we're writing a book, and that kind of brings us to present day, I guess, to answer your question. Good deal. What about you, Jim? Yeah, so I'd like to say we did uh, meet through Twitter, you know, just posting our own individual messages about making fitness functional for firefighters, making it practical, related to the job. Um, but also within my own life, I became more passionate about fitness uh, because my dad really started to come down with a lot of health problems, you know, obesity, diabetes, all those uh, clusters in the metabolic type syndrome, if you will, if, if you were. Um, but, uh, yeah, we just connected and we, uh, it was just kind of like that synergistic relationship. We fed off of each other, um, and, and we made our, each other's message stronger and stronger. Um, and it's just like a snowball effect. You know, when, if I was doing something, Dan would add on to it, I'd add on to whatever he did. Um, and we never thought we would be, you know, health and fitness guys. I mean, we're, we're career firefighters. Dan's a, a fire chief now of his department. I'm a captain. So we're, we're, we're on this job and, and we're firefighters who understand the job. Um, but we never thought we'd be anybody who would write a book. And, and <laughs> we never thought we'd have a book that'd be in over 40 countries worldwide, um, which is just humbling and, and, and amazing to us. So we're, we're grateful for that opportunity. Um, but I think the biggest uh, part to take away from our message is just to keep it simple, uh, keep it functional and just really easy to implement um, and make sure whatever uh, fitness uh, we, we present to somebody, it's going to be something that easily relates to their job and helps them to be better at their job uh, physically. That's really good. I like that you guys take a practical approach. And I think that that speaks to the community itself because there are so many things out there um, there are there are products that are trying to be sold by different companies. There are modalities, and and a lot of times these things just aren't practical. And so I think uh, you know how it kind of came came together for you guys organically over Twitter was because I think that that practical um, application of things kind of brought you into the same circles. And so that's really cool. Um, like I said, I think that practical approach is crucial because you got to give the guys something that they're going to do, right? Like <laughs> you exactly. got to show them how to do it and then give them a way to actually do the thing so exactly. they can remove like, the excuses. Like you said, there's just so many messages out there, you know, I, and some people are, are good with doing CrossFit. Some people are good with, you know, doing more bodybuilding or hypertrophy strength training. Some people are more into this or that. Um, and we just wanted to make it relevant and, and keep it as simple as possible for, um, you know, 99% of the fire service um, who, who probably don't know what to do or how to get started, how to find that motivation. That's really who we're, we're trying to impact. You know, it's great uh, for the top 1% of, of firefighters who have, you know, extreme awesome fitness levels, but uh, we're just trying to make it simple and practical uh, for everybody to understand and implement at their own level. 
Yeah, I think that, you know what, too, that the relevance comes from, I would like to think, I should say, that the relevance comes from the fact that at the end of the day, Jim and I are, are firefighters. We've been firefighters for a long time, and and the book was written for firefighters by firefighters that understand and do the job. So I think, um, you know, credibility, as you are well aware, is is critical in fire service. You know, firefighters need to know that the folks that are trying to train them or help them know what they deal with. And so I think that has a lot to do with it as well. At least I hope I do. Uh, I think that's uh, a big part of the reason why um, the book and the programs have been so successful. I would agree. I would agree 100%. Um, Yeah, because like when we're in the academy, we get such a, a structured system every day. Everything's mapped out for us. It's laid out at our feet. And then we have our RTOs that are there pushing us. And we have each other that are there pushing us as we go through that, you know, 16 or 18 week academy. And then once we finish, we're kind of left to our own devices. And I think sometimes that can be our downfall. And I think this book and the practicality of it all brings that kind of regimented structure back to it. Yeah, we love hearing uh, different uh, fire academy fitness instructors say, hey, our book is, uh, your book is actually part of our curriculum. You know, you guys have made it so easy um, that we've actually used your book to structure not only our physical fitness, but we also require, excuse me, we also require our recruits to have your book and to read your book. And exactly what you said, you know, we have these in the American fire service, at least we have these requirements of our firefighters while they're in our training academies, but after they're out, it seems widespread that widespread that there's no physical requirements after our firefighters get out. I'm fortunate enough to say that my fire department does have minimum fitness standards, but that's, that's very rare across the U S for, for firefighters. Um, And so it's great to see that, you know, our book is being used within these, these firefighters who's going through these training academies and also college fire science programs as well, so that they can use these principles throughout the rest of their career. Uh, because we all know that we're probably in the best shape of our lives when we're in the fire academy, when we're, when we're like 20 years old or whatever it is. Um, and then we get out and then uh, most people, you know, you can take two directions. You can take a, a, a right and take care of yourself for the rest of your career, have a long, healthy, uh, happy career in retirement, or you can, you can take a left and, you know, go down the path you don't want to go down and not take care of yourself. So, uh, along with yourself, uh, we're just trying to inspire more firefighters uh, to take better care of themselves because we know we know the statistics within the U.S. fire service. We we just got to take better care of ourselves overall. Yeah, agreed, definitely. In the book, you guys you discuss the four pillars of firefighter functional fitness, and and will you share with us what these pillars are and and how they're meant to hold up the ideals that you share in the book? I won't ask you to go much further than that because, um, you know the ones who are listening can, can purchase the book and then, and then go into it a little deeper. But if you could touch on the four pillars of what the, uh, of firefighter functional fitness are, that'd be great. Yeah. I, I'll actually answer the second part first. If, uh, if you would indulge me, I mean, it yeah, kind of totally. all starts with the ideals, right? So, so J- Jim will tell you, uh, anybody that follows us will tell you that our mentality is that, being fit for duty is a requirement of the job, right? It's not an option. So it really starts before any of those pillars. It starts with your own mindset and your attitude. Um, so the first thing we try to get across to everybody is that we believe that we're held to a higher standard as firefighters, as public safety professionals. And so that, you know, we need to take care of ourselves now and in the future to best be able to perform our duties for ourselves, for our coworkers, for our family, for the community. So with that in mind, we just just came up with this four pillar system. The most obvious one, pillar number one, is physical fitness, and that's probably what most people think about. Uh, you know, when they think of the book or us, if they've heard or listened to us, uh, we we discuss uh, functional fitness in great detail and give you a lot of different ways to apply that uh, in your everyday life as well as on the job. Uh, without the need for a lot of uh, crazy functional or, uh, you know, crazy expensive equipment. Um, you know, we, we created the concept called the big eight of firefighter functional fitness, which is completely performance based. So 
everything that we do in functional fitness is performance-based. And that means that we're focusing on core strength. We're focusing on cardiovascular capacity, uh, flexibility. And then we're looking at uh, strength training in a little bit of a different light. By that, I mean we're, we're focusing on replicating what we do on the fire ground in the gym, if you will. So what do firefighters do the most? They push, they pull, they lift, they carry, and they drag. So everything that we do in terms of functional strength training is going to focus on at least one of those components of the big eight, right? So uh, much more detail than that that I can talk about today in our short time. But then the other pillars are hydration, nutrition, and rest and recovery. Um, the idea here is that, that our fitness is comprehensive. We can't just go to the gym six days a week and expect to stay in perfect shape uh, or really good shape for, for what we need to do. We have to focus on what we're putting in our bodies as well. We have to focus on how we're taking care of ourselves when we're not on the job and we're not in the gym. And that is goes back to how we're, uh, how we're recovering, uh, what kind of sleep we're getting, uh, those kinds of things as well. So we go into great detail about those other important pillars and how all of them combined is going to be, is going to lead you to a, what we call a lifestyle of moderation. Uh, everything that we do is a lifestyle-based approach, so holistic, if you will, uh, but you're committed to this for life because you committed to being a firefighter for life. So the ultimate goal is to have a long and healthy career and also a long and healthy retirement. Yeah, it's sustainable for the career, you know, because we're doing, what, 20, 25 years at the mm -hmm. least, and then uh, we want to be able to enjoy that retirement that affords us a whole lot of time to be retired and enjoy the rest of our lives. But sometimes you hear these statistics about cardiac disease comes up against us. And then, and then we just, we don't get to enjoy that longevity that, that we're kind of entitled to, I, I would say, as long as we're doing our work and putting in uh, the due diligence that, that we should be doing to perform the tasks that our job requires. And, and Dan, you brought up a good issue that we oftentimes see or we we know people in the fire service who guys who are big or people who are real big and hulky and may be able to smash through a wall but after they do that they can't really perform <laughs> because they've spent all their energy doing that one thing and and so i think that's where the key term here functional comes into it and in regards to all those different movements that we're doing they're they're incorporated into the things that, that you guys are talking about Exactly. And so, and, and so just to add on to your point real quick, I have a, a quick story. Uh, I had, had a guy in my department who was a bodybuilder and he was, you know, I mean, he was ripped without a doubt. He was a big guy, like you're saying. Um, but he was so tight and he lacked so much flexibility. He lacked so much mobility that he couldn't get, when he was sitting in his seat, um, he could not put his, get his arms through his straps for his SCBA. Uh, to to get him over his shoulder, oh my gosh, to get yeah. it on, yeah, <laughs> yeah, to get it on, and then and then he couldn't reach behind himself uh, to to open up his SCBA cylinder. Um, so I mean, wow, for practicality's sake, I mean, we need, we need to have a little bit of everything. Yeah, it's great to be strong and, and buff, but we also need to have that mobility and that flexibility for for practicality's sake. Right, agreed. Yeah, that's that's kind of a big deal, not being able to get your. Uh... Your air, your, <laughs> your tank on. on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, your life, you need to live, you know, yeah. <laughs> not to mention um, the fact that it's, you know, you need to get, once you get to the third floor rear bedroom, you need to actually put the fire out, right. You got to have that, that capacity uh, and endurance and the, not just cardiovascular endurance, but the muscular endurance to do the things that we do. Right. Yeah. If, if you don't have that flexibility and, and I teach at the local college and I, I kind of talk about the four elements um, and they, they kind of fall in line with, with what you guys are talking about, but I talk about um, balance, endurance, flexibility, and strength. And, and we work on those things physically, but we're also working on those things mentally as well, because, you know, as a firefighter, we we're pulled into the situations that most people are trying to run away from. And so we see a lot of dip, a lot of things people don't, and we deal emotionally and, and psychologically with a lot of things that, that people don't often ever experience throughout their entire life. So one of the things that I talk about in the show, in the Ignited Firefighter podcast, is that 
we as firefighters should aim to civilize our minds but make savage our bodies. Can you describe how being mindful of training and refining our bodies in this, in this manner uh, in preparation for the tasks of our job directly relate to becoming a better team member and even possibly a better leader? Because I know you both are holding leadership positions right now. Exactly. And I, I love that quote that you gave that, that um, to, to, would you say civilize our minds and make savage our bodies? Yeah, and, that's uh, right. Old samurai proverb. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So we, we, uh, I say borrow or stole, whatever you want to say, uh, this great quote we use all the time from chief Dennis Riley, and you may have already seen it. Uh, but he says, I don't work out. I train for what my community expects me to do. And I love that. So, so many times, yeah, anybody can go to the gym and that's a great first step. It's great to be in the gym and do something right. Um, but it's more important for us as firefighters, um, whether we're career or volunteer, you know, it's, it's more important for us to train specifically for what our community needs us and expects us to do. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I might be able to curl, uh, you know, 75 pound dumbbells or whatever in the gym. Uh, but if I, like we talked about already, if I don't have the capacity, the cardiovascular capacity, the endurance, the stamina, and all those things to make it to the third floor with all my equipment and then make the push down the hallway and put out that fire and, and at the end of the hallway, if I can't make you know, all those steps line up, then what am I doing with my physical fitness? Um, so that's why you know, we were very thoughtful and very purposeful about organizing um, our message, our book, the way we did to make it comprehensive, not just, uh, you know, say it's only physical fitness, uh, but it's, it's the four pillars like we talked about. And then within the physical fitness pillar, it's not just strength training. It's not just cardio. It's not just flexibility. It's all these things wrapped up in the one. Uh, so as firefighters, without a doubt, we need to approach our physical fitness as training for the job, physical training for the job, and not just exercising. And that's something that we say all the time, you know, don't just exercise. It's great if you're exercising, but we want you to specifically train and physically train for what our bodies need us to do. Not only when we're 20, not only when we're 30 or 40, but when we're 50 and some, some of us when we're 60, I mean, depending on your, your lifestyle and what you're gonna do at your fire department. Um, but we have to be in it for the long haul, for sure. And that's also part of the training is, is to make sure we're not you know, killing ourselves with uh, our muscles, our, our, our joints and all these things with lifting heavy all the time. You know, we need to change it up and we need to be very purposeful and intentional about what we're doing with our physical fitness training. Agree, you, agree. You we're, to, we're basically yeah. professional athletes, right? I mean, without a doubt, but yeah, pretty much how it goes. You think about it, being in a leadership position. I mean, you're, if you're going to be an effective leader, uh, think about anybody in your life or that you can think about that you that you would put in that category you would certainly agree that those folks are are do, are leading by example right they're walking the talk um so we have to we have to have that mindset as well you know you 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 can ask yourself this this gut check question that our friend John Sparrow uh, uh asks all the time um and we do it in the sessions that we teach and and it gets people's eyes to open a little bit but but if, you, if you're going to be a better team member and even a better leader, you need to be like walking that talk and being able to answer yes to the question, would you want you rescuing you? Would you want you rescuing your family? Right? So exactly. there's some gut check stuff that comes along with that. And, uh, and that, that's, I can think of no other way, no other better way to sum that up in a, in a simple question. Yeah, I love that. And speaking to being a better team member or something else that we preach is that, hey, we're all on the same team, right? Uh, whether, whether we're, you know, within our own fire department, within our own company or at the crew level, or we're providing mutual aid to somebody else, we're all on the same team. We all have the same goal on the fire ground, right? We all want to put out the fire as efficiently, as effectively as we can, and we all want to go home safely, right? Um, so we always preach to everybody, don't be the weakest link. Someone's got to be the weakest link, but it's not going to be me. It's not going to be any of my crew members. And you know what? Physical, and like Dan already said, physical fitness is the bare minimum. It is the foundation um, for, you know, anything else. Yes, you can teach someone their skills and all that stuff as they go throughout their career. 
but physical fitness just has to be the bare minimum. And, and there really is no other argument beyond that because it's a physical job, whether you're 20 years old or you're 60 years old and still on the job, we have to be physically fit because if we don't have that and we don't last longer than three to five minutes on the fire ground, I mean, it's time to hang up our, our helmet, hang up, you know, put <laughs> our, up our boots and retire. I'm sorry to say that quite bluntly, but, or maybe it's time for a position behind the desk, <laughs> but uh, you know, we have got to be physically fit to do this job without a doubt. Yeah, hey, the that's science, very true. The science backs it up, right? So, so we can be passionate as all get out about what we're talking about, but everything in our book is backed by research and science as well. And you can ask any of the, the fine researchers and doctors that we work with on a regular basis. Uh, and they'll tell you without fear of contradiction that, that your physical fitness has a direct impact on your overall health and every single body system that's affected by strenuous firefighting. So there's a lot more to it. I mean, we, we want people to be able to perform better and, you know, quote unquote, be in shape, but, but we're, we die at way too young of an age, generally speaking as firefighters as compared to, you know, the general population, especially when it comes to cardiovascular uh, risks, you know, and that's proven it's documented. Um, we're, you know, we're getting better at it, believe it or not. I think we're, you know, if you look at this year's current line of duty death, uh, stats, the numbers down significantly from previous years. So, um, and I hope it stays that way. I hope it's not just an anomaly, but we're still a lot of work to do. You know, we're, we're, we're getting better, but the proportion of people that are dying in our business to overall deaths is still going to be somewhere in a neighborhood of 40 to 50% stress and overexertion related. So we've got work to do still. Right. Yeah. The nature of the job just puts so many stressors on us physically and sure. mentally, and we have to, it's we have to be able to manage that. Yeah, exactly. It's, exactly. I like that quote you brought up by uh, John Spera. Would you want you mm -hmm. rescuing you? And I like how it, it kind of puts the accountability right back on you. Because so many people are, are just kind of like riding the wave or sitting in the recliner. And it's like, look, man, w would you want you showing up to your house and saving your family? And then it kind of shakes people out of that apathy. And sometimes it takes that dramatic example to do that. And I hate to say it, but when we do have line of duty deaths, you know, we tend to rally together and we're like, oh, you know, he was our brother and this and that. And then we go back to doing what we were doing before. And it's like, did anything really change? Did we really learn anything? It's yeah, just exactly. one of those things that we need to put that accountability back on each other and not be afraid to do it. You know, don't be afraid to call out the guy. Hey, man, uh, maybe don't eat that donut. Or, <laughs> <laughs> or, or uh, you know, instead of saying, don't do this, uh, we need to be start saying, hey, you know, you want to come yeah. work out with Let's me? Let's do this you know, together. You don't have to do what I do. Right. But you want to just spend some time in the gym with me? I mean, even right. if we turn on a TV and you're walking on the treadmill at two miles per hour, great. Let's do that. But at least you're in the gym. We're building that camaraderie together. I'm sure we're right. talking about something, whether we're gossiping about somebody else or complaining about something <laughs> else. That guy's moving on the treadmill, walking two miles per hour or doing something, right? right? Um, so, yeah, we need to be more, uh, you know, if we say we're really a brotherhood, we're really a fraternity. We need to be actually encouraging each other and holding each other accountable to say, hey, hey, I'm going to go work out at three, three o'clock. And this is what I do with some of my crew members. And, and they know it's a basic expectation of mine that, hey, every day, every 24, we're going to get in the gym and you can do whatever you want. You don't have to do what I do, uh, but just get in there and do something. And, and some of my guys who kind of do some of the same stuff that I do, I just say, hey, what time are we doing it today? And that way they know it's a little something in their mind. Okay, we're going to yeah. agree on a time. The and there's that accountability. So, hey, <laughs> you know, even if they're napping, you know, for, for a half an hour or whatever in the afternoon, they know 3.30 <laughs> we're going to meet in the gym. And, and if they, they're not there, I'm going to call them out <laughs> and right. get them yeah. out of wherever they are. So, anyway, yeah. Yeah, yeah. shared responsibility. I mean, honestly, we're all, we're all there, like you said, doing the same job. And we all, when we're on a fire scene or EMS scene, we all have our roles and everything. And so when we, uh, when we're on the fire scene, we have these expectations of each other to pull our weight figuratively and literally. And, uh, you know, the same could be said for spending our 24 or 48 hour shift. I'm going to be in there at three o'clock. I'll see you in there. <laughs> like you said, Let's yeah, get very it done. <laughs> good. right. Yeah, exactly. 
So I know you guys um, tour the country a lot and you, you speak and you give presentations at different symposiums and conferences. And I think that's really cool. I think that's really great for spreading the message. And you guys, like I said uh, earlier, you take a real practical approach and, and you guys lead some workouts too, don't you? Like during those? Absolutely. During those depending on the, depending on the sessions that we're, that we're doing, uh, you know, the time uh, we do. Right smaller sessions that there's not as much time to do that it's more informational but then our, our primary workshops are either eight or 16 hours so we definitely get up and get moving a lot <laughs> so it's not just sitting nice. at the chair and sitting at the table and listen to us talk yeah good and i think that uh definitely speaks to the culture because that's not something that we're really <laughs> Yeah. We don't really want death by PowerPoint. Well, what I love yeah. is the fact, I mean, we've been so, so blessed and, and uh, by, you know, I think what Dan coming up in 2020, this is going to be our fifth or is that right? Our fifth year speaking at FDIC international. Yes, sir. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's going to be our fifth year uh, giving our message about health and fitness. And uh, it's great to see that they've embraced us. And we're so grateful to, you know, Bobby Halton and the whole FDIC advisory board for having us back year after year. But the, the amazing thing to see is that over the last 10 years, there's just been this increase in the fire service of, of wanting to share the health and wellness uh, message. And, and you can see it at, at conferences uh, that there's more of these health and fitness classes for firefighters to take and learn about. And, and we teach about a wide variety of topics. Um, but it's just great to see that everybody is, is starting to get in on it. And it's like that snowball we talked about earlier. It's just starting to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And there's multiple sessions, sometimes at the same time for health and fitness, which, you know, 20 years ago, that was not the case. I remember, I remember one of my guys in my fire department saying he went to FDIC one time and there was this guy uh, teaching about health and fitness and he was grossly overweight. He's like, uh, there's a disconnect here. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's great exactly. to see nowadays, you know, there's so many different instructors that are so passionate about it. Um, and like Dan said, you know, we give our, our, uh, we give four hour, eight hour and two day workshops as well at fire departments or different agencies. And we're, we are up and moving, you know, uh, we might, we can like to call it a hybrid classroom to where we're, you know, lecturing for 15 minutes and then we're up doing some type of workout or core movements, you know, for 15 or 30 minutes, just to give people ideas that they can take back home. Or like you said, for PFTs, peer, peer fitness trainers, for them to implement within their own fire departments, give them ideas, give them the tools they need to help, you know, grow the culture of fitness at their own fire department. So yeah, it's something, you know, teaching it at, you know, all across uh, United States and Dan went over to the UK uh, recently. It's just so awesome. And we're so blessed to be able to share our message. And, and we, we, as we say, the, the tide is rising, you know, and the rising tide, it, it raises all boats. So and that's our hope. And that's our aspiration for all, all firefighters and fire departments to just keep it going, keep it going. That's right. That's right. Amen to that. So yeah, basically, and it speaks to the leadership side too, because you guys are actually practicing what you preach. Like you said, you're not that, that big overweight guy, shouting at him to do more push-ups or whatever, you know, like, <laughs> I hope <laughs> <not>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. right. But um, yeah, exactly. So it speaks to that leadership side. And, and like, as you said, you know, a rising tide uh, raises all boats. And uh, as we lift each other, we all become stronger. And I definitely feel that shift. I'm definitely feeling that shift because I, you know, generationally, as we go through the fire service, um, I think we can identify things that different, different groups might latch on to, but I'm glad that from what I've witnessed, I'm glad that fitness seems to be coming back hard and heavy. Yep. So one firefighter cool. at a time, right? Creating, creating okay. that culture, one firefighter at a time. Dan, one thing I wanted to bring up with you was that you really latched on to the kettlebell. So can you tell me, <laughs> tell me a little bit more about, about how, why that sticks out to you and why that became something that you really uh, incorporate with what you do? I, yeah, I think it's, it's, uh, um, for me, it's, it's, and I think that most people that have at one point or another in their life struggled in the gym, uh, would probably understand that, um, for me, it's always been about what do I enjoy doing when I'm going to go train, you know, and, and I was like a lot of people when I was younger, I didn't really have that, um, that go to 
routine or regimen that, that kept me interested and make, made me want to go uh, on a regular basis without, you know, falling off the wagon, so to speak. So I, I, I don't, I think it's, it's a personal preference to a point. I think you have to like what you're doing. If you combine that with the fact that it's such a function, simple yet functional modality, um, there isn't anything that I can't do with a kettlebell that's that's not going to directly apply to some or all components of the big eight of, of firefighter functional fitness. Um, I, I happened upon it by accident in a martial arts gym when I was taking my young daughter at the time for uh, Taekwondo lessons, and uh, and I tried it out, and I was I was sold, and I've been uh, a fan of them ever since. It's like anything else; you have to know how to use them properly to get the best benefit from them, and uh, uh, you know, and not get injured, of course. Um, but it's just for me; it's just that thing that I like to do. Jim and I differ a little bit on our our actual approaches when we when we are in the gym, if you will. Um, I'm a kind of a routine oriented guy. Um, I don't necessarily need to have as much variety, if you will. So I could. I can sit on a, 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 a rowing machine for um, probably 45 minutes straight and not not have any issues with that. Other people like to they like to go to uh, you know circuit type stuff where they do different things 10 minutes at a time. But for me, things like the kettlebells, uh, uh, body weight training, and a little bit of the machines here and there, it just does the trick for me. And I think it's it's proven itself uh, over time how functionally effective it is yeah it's crazy that something so simple as a kettlebell can be so dynamic in regards to formulating a workout program because like you said there isn't some, there isn't anything that you can't do with that kettlebell really yeah no, you can no, push once, it you once can you get pull the it. basics down yeah, yeah you <laughs> push it pull it lift it carry it drag it you know you can get flexibility <laughs> mobility workouts with it, core workouts and without a doubt uh, cardiovascular capacity if you're doing any type of circuits or complexes um so dan's the one who really introduced me to kettlebells and i love them too um and just with one you know kettlebell uh, a 24 kilogram kettlebell man <laughs> you you <laughs> can get beat yeah, up no just joke. by that one kettlebell and just changing up movements whether you know you're deadlifting or you're you're swinging it or you're doing snatches or whatever uh you know it's it's a lot of fun and and i like the fact that they're portable you know you can just bring mm-hmm. them anywhere you want um uh they don't travel well in my carry-on though i, I can't find a way <laughs> yeah, that's to the really problem. get it <laughs> uh, just turn I'm it into a necklace I'm, or I'm a keychain yeah exactly this is my uh <laughs> my uh, 911 alert necklace i need to bring it with me. no but uh yeah that's that's one way i gotta find out how to travel with them in my suitcase a little bit better but uh other than that yeah they they travel well and i like the fact that you can just use one kettlebell and get a great workout um and like we always say, no excuses, right? You know, you don't need a hundred thousand dollar gym. You can you yeah. can buy a uh, fifty to seventy five dollar kettlebell, and that will that'll be everything you need. Yeah, get after it. That's true. Um, so you you had mentioned that you guys, uh, like I said, take the practical approach, practical approach when you you're touring and whatnot. Um, and I know most of the people going to these conferences are probably there because they want to be. And they're not just being being forced. And so I'm sure you've seen your audience grow, you know, each time you go to FDIC. But have were there times or experiences where you may have felt some pushback on your message? And and what about experiences where people maybe have naysayed what it is you're doing? Have you ever experienced that? Jim, uh, I'll let um, you answer that one. Yeah, I wouldn't say naysayers. Um, you know, it's it's funny because fitness can be so personal to people and some people can be so passionate about fitness and the way that they do fitness and what works for them, which is true. I mean, I don't like doing all the stuff that Dan likes doing. We have the overall same mindset, you know, about our fitness and what firefighters should do. Um, But someone else uh, might have a completely different idea of fitness. Like, honestly, I'm not huge into CrossFit. And that's okay. But if another firefighter is really passionate about doing CrossFit, and what we preach is as long as it's safe, effective, and functional, then do it. If it applies to the job, then do it. Um, You know, maybe the biggest pushback we ever got um, was we have a slide in our presentation. And we all know that handstand, you know, inverted handstand push-ups 
are, are popular in CrossFit, right? Whether, you know, someone's mm-hmm. throwing them up against a wall or whatever. Personally, I don't do them. I'd rather do a standing overhead press, right? And that's kind of what we preach because we, we would say that that's more safe, effective, and functional for 99% right. of the fire service. Whereas if you're that elite CrossFit athlete, you know, probably the 1% of the fire service who yeah. can do that inverted yeah. handstand pushup, then, then go for it. But if you're the 99% right. who needs to just get up and get moving in a, a simple approach, we're going to pr- preach doing an overhead press instead. Um, so, you know, we, we've, we've shown that slide in our presentations, the comparison of the inverted handstand pushup or whatever you want to call it, and then also a standing overhead press. And we, we'd say, hey, if you can do this one on the left, go for it. But if you are more comfortable with d- just doing this simple overhead press, we want you to stick with this. And, and so we've gotten a couple, you know, like extreme CrossFit guys being like, hey, you know, don't, don't bash this or don't bash that. And, but they also <laughs> yeah. understand where we're coming from, right? You know, yeah, we just yeah. want firefighters to be safe and, and, and keep their approach simple. So that's probably the biggest pushback we've ever gotten. Overall, like Dan's already said, we just uh, preach moderation, right? You know, we don't go into extremes like you have to do this. You have to do this. You have to do this. So Right. It's this way or simple. no way. Right. Yeah. Exactly. The all or nothing mentality tr- creeps in. Just, just in general, really, it's a, I, you know, I think Jim would agree that uh, we have a very positive and inclusive approach. It's, it's very important when you're talking about different fitness levels uh, uh, in, in group environments. Uh, the same goes for our presentations, our workshops. We, we're very inclusive, very positive. Uh, we encourage the the attendees to give us ideas, uh, especially if we're doing if we're training up here fitness trainers who, incidentally, they can we're qualified to give uh, Con Ed credits uh, for their certification. So you know, we've gotten a lot of uh, classes. We've done that where we've been providing Con Ed credits for peer fitness trainers. But it's about being positive and inclusive. Uh, so I think that on the whole, um, I don't know that we've ever gotten somebody that's completely pushed back against us and disagreed with uh, our our approach. I mean, there's little things here and there, like Jim said, somebody might not like a particular exercise or somebody might uh, have a different viewpoint about something nutrition related, for example. Uh, but uh, And we always have the one or two fence sitters when we go out and do our our practical evolutions, but for the most part, everybody joins in sooner or later, and and it's been an incredibly positive and uh, exciting experience so far. That's great. You guys mentioned uh, nutrition. I'm finishing up my nutrition coach. Uh, I discovered that in Arizona, where I'm at, you don't uh, legally have to have a certification or a license or anything like that to provide nutritional advice but I'm seeking out that credential through like an online certification program. Um, I was wondering if you guys are looking into or have gotten maybe a lot of interest in, and questions in uh, guys asking about nutrition and and how they should eat things like that. Yeah. So (laughs) nutrition is, is always a hot topic, right? Because it seems Mm -hmm. like it's always changing. Um, and so I have a fitness nutrition specialization through, through National Academy of Sports Medicine. Um, and, you know, when we talk about nutrition to firefighters, just like fitness, you have to keep it as simple as possible. Um, we don't go into providing meal plans for them because every individual is different and only really dietitians can provide individualized meal plans for people. Right. Specific plans. Yeah. Right. Right. So we don't do that. We more so approach it from like, uh, we, we say, we keep it simple. We say, eat more whole foods, cut back on your sugar, cut back on your portions if you're eating large portions. Um, and that all those things are going to help you manage your weight and, and cut down on your calories if that's what you're really wanting to do. Um, but I think nowadays, you know, if we can just cut back on those preservatives, cut back on the sugar, that's the biggest thing for firefighters. You know, I always give the story that I used to drink two sodas a day, right? Um, and over the course of six months to, to a year, I weaned myself off of two sodas a day to where I don't drink any soda anymore. And I tell firefighters, you know, and some of them, you, they're listening, they're like, okay, what's, what, what happened? So I basically lost 15 pounds over that year from just cutting out those nice. two sodas a day. But not all that sugar that I was I was taking in my body 
and I felt better, you know, and I wasn't hooked on soda anymore. And I think a lot of us, uh, you know, want to hear those success stories. And we, we share success stories um, about people who, who have had a lot of uh, success losing weight. Um, you know, one of our good brothers, AB, um, he lost 150 pounds. And you may have seen some of the stuff we post on social media about him, but he is just an animal. Uh, he, he said one day, I need to take my fitness seriously and, and because I'm a dad, I'm a firefighter. Lost 150 pounds uh, over the course of a year or more. Um, and one of the things that helped him was just doing a more simplified approach to his nutrition and not eating all the junk, really, you know, and that's what we preach, just keeping it simple. Yeah, it's, it's an approach more, more than anything. It's just, yeah. if you could summarize it in one phrase, it's eat the right foods in the right amounts from the right sources. Yep. You have to have all of it. You can't, and you have to do it in moderation. You can't you restrict yourself from ever enjoying anything or anything like that. You can't set yourself up for failure. Um, you just, you just have to moderate and just generally speaking, take in the right types of foods from the right sources. Yep. And expand your right. horizons, you know, don't, don't just stick with the same yeah. thing all the time that most, most yeah, firefighters, as we get older, yeah, diversified. Like when I grew up, I hated onions and mushrooms and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. But nowadays I love all those things because I've, I've made myself, you know, expand and, and, and get more variety in my diet. Uh, the other thing is that, you know, we don't preach certain diets, you know, we don't preach keto, we don't preach beach body or, you know, Atkins, whatever you want to call it, you know, whatever, the, the current thing is nowadays, we just say, you know, like Dan said, the right foods, the right amounts from the right sources, um, you know, that's the best thing that we can possibly do and just keeping it more natural. Um, and I think the more that we do that as firefighters and make sure that our breakfast, <laughs> the first meal of the day, if we keep that on point and we plan for that, then the rest of the day usually falls into place at, when it comes to nutrition. Right, exactly. Those little small steps. And I think, uh, like you were saying, Jim, over the period of what, two years, you weaned yourself off soda? Uh, over, yeah, it was uh, six months to a year. Yep. Okay, I switched yeah, so over it, from, from regular soda to diet soda. To and diet and nothing. nothing. Yep. Nice. And yeah, and so it, it takes that time and it takes those small, consistent steps. And I think a lot of times our guys get overwhelmed and they think it's extreme. It's like all or nothing right now, cold turkey, this and that. But those little small steps over a period of time have huge impacts, huge effects. And, and even the foods that we eat, like you said, you didn't, you didn't care for uh, certain foods when you were younger, but now you enjoy those foods. And it's interesting how, as you change your physiology, your body changes its tastes. Right. Because as you're living a more healthy lifestyle, you see the things that you've eaten before and you're just like kind of disgusted at them. <laughs> you <laughs> How know? did I ever eat that? <laughs> right. Yeah. It just, it just doesn't appeal to you. And then you're like, wow, you know, you really recognize this whole shift that's happened, but yeah, we see small steps over time. And we talk about the physical fitness change, right? Our physical change, but it's right. also a mindset change. Right. And then yeah. it, all, it might also be a taste bud change too. So you know, just if we can expand our horizon more, maybe try one new thing a week or every two weeks, you never know what you might start liking and it puts you down the right path to a healthier lifestyle. Right. right. I just think it's just, it's just about setting yourself up for success rather than failure. So, you know, small positive steps, a little bit at a time, uh, and, and it should work. And that's in fitness and nutrition in life in general, right? <laughs> it's small positive steps are, are, uh, are the way to go. Yeah, exactly. And I think uh, uh, one thing too that kind of stands out that I'm reminded of is is the idea of failure. And I, I see a lot of people like celebrating failure. And while I don't necessarily think we should celebrate our failures, we should absolutely definitely learn from them. And uh, one of the things that I had explained to a client of mine working in the gym with him is uh, we're going we're gonna to work this exercise to failure. And so when I said that word, his eyes kind of went wide open and he didn't quite understand that I was looking for him to get to the point where he was going to fail in his form and, and his ability to perform it. And when he got to that point, he got emotionally upset. He was, you know, he was upset. His tears were coming to his face. And I'm like, look, partner, this is the point. We're going to push ourselves to this point so we can grow from it and, uh, and become better at what we're doing. And once we, once I kind of got him over that idea that, 
failure is evil and this and that changed that perspective on the word failure. Uh, he was able to really succeed and, uh, and meet his goals and, and accomplish what it was that he had initially set out to accomplish. So yeah, small steps, man, mental and physical, definitely. Um, one of the things you guys had mentioned, you know, seek out new, new things that might appeal to you. Dan, I was going to ask you first, are, are there any trends that have caught your eye lately that you're kind of looking at interest wise, maybe nutrition, maybe physical fitness, or maybe even trends in the fire culture itself? As Jim said earlier, I, I agree that the, that the general tide is rising in the fire service. Uh, definitely, it's palpable now. Uh, being able to get out and about and go to these conferences and be involved with uh, the safety, health, and survival section of the IAFC and so forth has opened my eyes to the fact that I think maybe just possibly uh, folks like Jim and myself and you and, and the others that Jim had mentioned earlier maybe you're starting to have a little bit of effect. So some of it is attrition, um, but we're, we're really trying to get to, to the firefighters that we feel like are going to have uh, leadership responsibilities in the future so that what's the exception now becomes the rule later. I think there's something else that's interesting too, is there's an increased correlation between um, things like cancer prevention and mental health uh, awareness connecting with physical fitness and so forth. So um, my, my thing is to make sure that when we're talking about fitness, we're talking about our overall wellness as a human being, as a firefighter. So, and I mentioned it earlier, everything is connected. So we know that physical fitness is, is a, a positive that it'll reduce other thing, other risk factors in our lives. We also now know that it improves our mental and behavioral health condition, if you will. We know those things. We know that it helps us sleep better and we know how sleep deprivation can be a negative impact on us as human beings. So everything, it's just, everything is connected. And I like how I'm seeing that folks out there preaching the health and wellness message are not just stuck on one aspect of it, but we're trying to connect all of it together. You know, cancer is a big deal in the fire service, but we know that if we hydrate properly, for example, in addition to doing our our, our best practices that we're supposed to do. And then if we're in the gym, that we know those have quantifiable impacts on reducing the chances of getting cancer and, and other diseases, for example. So it's a, it, for me, it's not any one thing in particular. It's more like an overall approach that I love that Jim and I might be looked at as the go-to guys for a certain aspect of what we do, whereas somebody else might be looked at as the go-to person for cancer prevention or uh, mental health awareness, but we're all coming together as a team and linking everything together uh, so that we're, we're changing our overall wellness approach. It's, a, it's about prioritizing the people in the fire service over other things. And I think finally we're starting to do that. I agree. I like those uh, specializations that we all tend to gravitate toward. We branch mm -hmm. out and we have these things that we're attracted to, um, like for you, for example, the kettlebell thing, you can, you can hone that in and then bring it and add it to the pool. And sure. uh, one of my friends, Olivia Mead, she, she heads up the yoga for first <laughs> responders. And so she's huge. I know she's, she's going around to like FDIC and all these other departments and stuff too. But I think it's one of those newer things that is really kind of changing the face of, of how we think about wellness in the fire service, because you know, we tend to be these macho ego guys and, and, and we don't seem to understand that this idea of balance and the mind body connection is crucial, crucial for us. Well, we, we worked we, for, we worked with Olivia for several years now, actually, and support each other um, tremendously. So you're, you're right on the mark there. We try to incorporate all the, her uh, techniques and so forth um, now into our presentations and kind of, do our part to reduce that stigma, if you will. So yeah, it's very important. That's awesome. So I'll pose the same question to you, Jim. Is there something specifically that's sticking out to you that's caught your eye? Yeah, um, I think you guys already mentioned most of it. Uh, I love seeing that we are emphasizing more so the mind and body connection. Um, and I love how yoga for first responders is doing that. Um, that it's not just about 
physical fitness. It's about our mind, our emotions, and making sure that everything's on par and everything's connected. Uh, because we know, you know, mind, body, soul, uh, they're all connected and, and we need to make sure that one isn't out of whack. Uh, we need to make sure they're all operating at a high level. Uh, we've written uh, articles in the past about the mind and body connection about how, uh, you know, before it's, it's kind of a paradox, before we get into physical fitness, we need to make sure we have that mindset, all right, the right attitude, the right mindset that we, we need to have this accountability that take our fitness seriously, and then we get into our physical fitness. But on the flip side, if we're taking care of ourselves with our physical fitness, it seems to reciprocate with our mind, right? And our soul, right? The more we take care of ourselves physically, the more it's going to benefit our mind. Um, you know, not only I feel, you know, I feel better about myself. I, I did a 30 minute workout today, um, but also the endorphins and all the, you know, uh, chemicals within our body that's helpful, um, you know, they're, it's all related. And so that's very important too. Um, but going back to yoga for first responders, I think it, that's one of the, the best uh, trends that, we, that we're seeing in the fire service right now, because they're not just only, you know, so many firefighters think yoga is just, oh, it's only flexibility training. It's only stretching, right? Um, right. No, or only for ladies. <laughs> right. Or only for ladies. Yeah. With yeah. the wear yoga pants. Right. And, and the, it couldn't be the farthest from the truth. You know, I love uh, the warrior mindset that Olivia and yoga for first responders preaches for, for the fire service, for military, for uh, EMS, for police, you know, for all of us first responders um, and how they emphasize the importance of taking care of ourselves mentally emotionally and how that's going to transfer to physically as well and how everything's all related. So yeah, if I had to boil it down to what, what trend I like seeing and, and that's growing more and more is, is the fact that the mind and body connection, mindfulness and, and what yoga for first responders is doing. I totally agree. Right in line with that. Thank you guys for, for sitting down with me. I know we're kind of coming up on time here, but uh, I wanted to ask you, how can people learn more about what it is you're doing? How can they connect with you? And, and where can they go to, to purchase the book, uh, Firefighter Functional Fitness? Uh, well, uh, the first thing you can do is just uh, check out our website, which is, as you might expect, firefighterfunctionalfitness.com. Um, there's a lot of information there and as well on Amazon with some uh, lots and lots of uh, Book reviews. Um, uh, the website has endorsements and a lot of information about uh, what's contained within the book. Um, we have platforms on all social media accounts. So Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of those are, uh, and, and we're on there daily putting out free information. The handles for all of those are at firefighter F fit. So for any of them, all you got to do is find us on social media. Um, we, you know, we're always out and about. We'll be, Jim mentioned earlier, we'll be at FDIC again in 2020. Uh, we've got two different classes we're doing out there. We'd love to see you. Um, we're, you know, anybody that needs, uh, is interested in having us come out to their own fire department. Uh, if you go on our website or you can just go to firefighterfunctionalfitness.com, uh, slash workshops and, and enter uh, your information in and we'll get you that information as well. Um, you can email us at firefighterfunctionalfitness at gmail.com. Uh, we answer everybody uh, all the time. We don't uh, exclude anybody uh, or ignore anybody. So any message, text, phone call, email, anything like that we get, we always answer. We're always here to help. Um, and we're always out doing other things. I'm speaking at a uh, just a very short little session uh, this coming weekend in Harrisburg, PA, at an American College of Sports Medicine event. Um, I think that's it for this year, and then we'll be starting out hopefully next year at Jim's department doing a workshop. Uh, there's a possibility I'll be at uh, North Carolina Fire Chiefs Association uh, event in January as well. Uh, so things are getting uh, getting booked up all the time. It's a fluid thing, but uh, many different ways to connect to us. That's awesome. I appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for coming on the show. Jim, Dan, you guys are awesome. You guys are leaders. And uh, I'm, I'm sure that the, my audience is going to get a lot of, uh, of great insight from the book and reading the book. I know I have. So again, thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. We, uh, we're honored to be here and we love 
talking fitness, you know, for an hour or so. And, uh, yeah. you know, anytime uh, we can come back, we, we'd love to, uh, you know, we could keep this conversation going <laughs> for another right hour, on. but, uh, we won't bore, bore any listeners by our bladder. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, thanks for having us. We really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Guys. Thank you. I appreciate appreciate you. it, man. One of the things that really stuck out to me during this conversation is that when on a fire ground, you're either an asset or a liability. I know I've made mention of it before, but it couldn't be more true. We need to be able to perform the job that we fought so hard to get. We should take pride in how we do that job by making sure we're physically capable at any time to answer the call. For more information on Dan and Jim and what they're doing with their movement and to buy their book, visit firefighterfunctionalfitness.com. And for more resources and articles on everything firefighting, visit firefightertoolbox.com. As I'd mentioned in the last episode, I'm working on putting together a 30-day carb cycle challenge for anyone out there looking to make some much-needed changes in their lives in regards to nutrition. This will help you jumpstart fat loss and get you closer to reaching your fitness goals with a focus solely on nutrition. This will be a program geared specifically for firefighters, but anyone can participate. It'll benefit anyone. Once I've got the program completed, I'll make an announcement on all my social media outlets as well as my website at www.ignitedff.com. Also, I want to remind you that I currently have a 28-day ignition fitness program locked and loaded, ready for purchase through my website. For $28, you can download a program that I personally put together for members of my own organization as a peer fitness trainer. It gives you a step-by-step process along with a calendar you can follow to make sure you stay on track. You can find a link to that on my website, www.ignitedff.com, and click on the button in the top right corner that says Get Downloads. Once purchased, I'll email you a link to download the program directly. Thank you so much for listening to the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and share. I also appreciate any reviews you guys leave me on the mediums that you listen to this show on. By delving deeper into the issues, we can come together and help each other learn and grow. As we lift each other, we become stronger. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, if you see a need, own it and take action. Be the ideal firefighter you would want on your crew. Be ignited.